Every individual has weakness. There are things I can do that you cannot do. And there are things you can do that I cannot do. There are gaps in experience and knowledge and skill. These differences come about because of where each person is on their individual journey through life. But they are not shortcomings, they are opportunities. Opportunities to meet new people and make new friends, whether for the summer or for a lifetime. People come together like this congregation has gathered. We, we fill the holes in each other's lives and experiences and lend our strength when it is needed. Humans exist to be together, to help each other along their paths and support each other with their special skills. It's okay to acknowledge our limitations because there's no shame in asking for help. Believe in your skills because you have just as much to offer the world as you have received. Sonia Gandhi said that together we can face any challenges as deep as the ocean and as high as the sky. So reach for the stars and dive into the ocean, for when we are together, we are unbreakable. I now invite you to rise in spirit and in body and join me in singing our introit. ago, before our grandmothers and grandfathers were born, and before our grandmothers' grandmothers were born, no one lived in towns and villages. Instead, everyone just set up a hut here or there in any old witch place. Well, it was a trifle inconvenient, but it had never occurred to anybody to live any other way. No one noticed that having everybody's hut so far away, scattered here and there, made things a little lonely. All that changed when Hare built his hut. Hare lived in the corner of the world far away from the, where we live today, over mountains, oceans, treetops, on the edge of a forest. Monkey also lived there. These two creatures had put their huts near each other, under the shade of the forest. Hare was happy with his small but comfortable hut. It gave him a cozy place to sleep at night and a place to eat his greens when he got hungry. 
Monkey's hut was the same size as Hare's, but Monkey was not happy with her hut. She thought it was too crowded and not very pretty. Monkey's hut had cracks in the roof that let the bow-bow pods and the fireflies in. Now, of course, you and I know bow-bow pods and fireflies are both lovely, and it's not such a bother to have them about one's hut, but that's how Monkey was, a little bit grouchy and a little bit gruff. Good morning. Welcome to People's Church. My name is Lucy Cutler. I want to welcome you to our service this morning. Whether you're here for the first time or have been here many times before, you are welcome. Today is a special Sunday, a service for all ages. All of us will be here in the commons for the whole service, though there is nursery care available for the littlest ones. This is a community of compassion and love. Together, we live life's questions. Like Monkey, maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and feel a little grouchy and a little gruff. We welcome you however you're feeling and hope that our intergenerational service brightens your spirits. Our worship leaders and I share our gifts with you this morning in the spirit of celebration and playfulness. But this story also comes to you in the spirit of worship, worth, shape, giving shape to the things that, we, that have worth to us as a religious community. The wisdom in the story of Hare and Monkey is just one shape one form of our shared values. We welcome all of you of all ages to participate in worship with us this morning. And now I'd like to invite Nate and Allie up to light our chalice. We light this chalice, we light this, chalice this morning for the beauty of the earth. Baobab pods and fireflies, bright lilies and the growing sunlight, the hills and mountains of the earth, and the moon that rises above those hills. We light this chalice for the beauty of this company, these familiar faces and new friends, and the hands that form an ever-expanding circle of joy, love, and peace. Now it is time for our opening song, and our RE singers, along with our musicians, are going to lead us this morning. So they're going to come forward, and they're going to sing the first verse on their own, and then I invite everyone else to stand and join in for the second verses and beyond.
And so, one day, Monkey was sitting in her hut, thinking grumpily about how small it was. She didn't mind the walls and the dirt floor, but somehow it, it, it felt so small. She was so busy thinking these grumpy thoughts that she never noticed that one of the cracks in the roof of the hut kept getting bigger and bigger, and it had turned into a sizable hole. She didn't notice that she was sitting right underneath it, and she certainly didn't notice that there was a grand and heavy baobab branch right over the hole. Suddenly, a strong breeze came along, knocking a big baobab pot through the roof, and... <laughs> thump! It fell right on Monkey's head. That does it. The pod thumped on Monkey's head. Well, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Monkey decided then and there to set up a new hut that was going to be the biggest, grandest hut that had ever been made with a sturdy roof to boot. She searched out the good site near the sweet water and the cool shade of an enormous baobab tree and set out building the strong roofed hut. In time, it was finished, and it was indeed grand. It was enormously tall, and its walls were white and bright and decorated with the most wonderful designs, zigzags and spirals and circles. Monkey was proud of her new hut and decided to have a feast to show it off. She went around to all the other huts and invited everyone she knew, even her old next-door neighbor, Hare. Well, everybody came to admire her new hut, and they stayed to have good food. <laughs> everybody came to admire her new hut, that is, except Monkey. Oh, hair, thank you. <laughs> Twas that hair who didn't come. I invite you to join me in the song response in our order of service. Please, please remain seated. Daryl will lead us, and it's to the tune of We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder. So hopefully it's familiar to a number of you. It's to the tune of the Pete Seeger version of We Are I'm Mark Gernsback from the Board of Trustees, and I have the morning's announcements. Dear people's friends and Isaac supporters, once again, we hope to be a lead church in purchasing a full-page color ad for the Isaac Banquet book. Can you help support Isaac in this way? Please make your donation to the Isaac exhibit in the foyer after church. Thank you. 
T-shirt and bumper sticker orders are in. Please pick them up in the foyer. Also, ordering has been extended for one day only. If you missed out, place your order today at the table in the foyer. RE Volunteer Appreciation Luncheon and Party will be held in the Commons after church April 24th, next Sunday. Everyone is invited and encouraged to attend. Please stay in and enjoy a delicious baked potato bar. A special thank you goes out to our Kim Gein, Bill and Ginger Fox, Pat Nelson and Bob Swicker, and John Giesler, the loyal crew who post the sermon titles on our church board sign. You make us look good every week. Good morning. Uh, my name is Jeff Kirkwood, and I'm the director of People's Church's Peace in Nature Camp, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about that this morning. I'm going to start with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. <clears throat> the more slowly trees grow at first, the sounder they are at the core. And I think the same is true of human beings. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Um, a few years ago on a spring evening at my house, I heard a whippoorwill singing in my backyard. Uh, they sing in the evening and at night, and they sound kind of like this. Uh, whippoorwill. All right. Thank you. Uh, so uh, this is something I hadn't heard before in my backyard. So I ran outside pretty excited to see this, uh, see if I could catch a glimpse of one. So I stood there for a while and didn't see anything. It was pretty much dark. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe if I uh, sing, then uh, maybe I'll see it. So I... And after the third time I did that, something fluttered down from a tree, almost hit me in the mouth, grazed across my chest, and landed on the branch, uh, the log that I was leaning against. Uh, it turns out it was a whippoorwill sitting there next to me. I was electrified. This was pretty exciting. I certainly got an up-close view of it. Um, even though it was dark, it was sitting right next to me. I got a nice look at it, and eventually it figured out, this guy is not a whippoorwill, <laughs> and uh, it flew away. Um, so for me personally, I was sensed, or filled with a sense of wonder and awe to have been able to experience this moment. Many people would not even have heard it in the first place. Uh, many people would not have known what it was if they'd heard it. Uh, many uh, would not have been curious enough to find out and certainly would not have ventured out on a chilly spring evening uh, to find out what it was. Myself, I was fortunate enough to go to many camps as a youth and to grow slowly. Uh, the slow and steady immersion into the natural world as a kid helped me to be comfortable in the woods and to seize the moment when I heard the whippoorwill. Um, I hope that Peace in Nature Camp can provide that type of opportunity for our youth here. So what is Peace in Nature Camp? It's a one-week day camp here on the grounds of People's Church. Um, it's June 20th through 24th. That's Monday through Friday. Uh, it is 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it is for children ages 6 to 12. A Thursday of the week of camp, we'll spend the entire day at the Kalamazoo Nature Center. 
And Friday afternoon at camp, we always have a program, short program here at church for friends and families to come see to kind of celebrate the end of camp. Our registration begins today. The cost of camp is $120. Uh, there is a display board out in the foyer. Please look for that. There are registration forms there. Um, and there will be a downloadable registration form on the church website as well. There is also a volunteer sign-up sheet out there. Or as I think about that, uh, it's actually in my folder, but it will be out there. <laughs> so feel free to sign up if you have a talent or would like to spend some time with us at Peace in Nature Camp. Uh, quick show of hands of anybody that's ever been involved in any way at Peace in Nature Camp. If you've come to camp, help and staff, a lot of people. So thank you for all those people. We're looking forward to that. Um, scholarships are available before May 30th, and space is limited, so please sign up soon. I anticipate camp filling up fairly quickly. So if you have a child that is interested in camp, please, uh, I, if you're here today, I would sign them up today. And then... <clears throat> In closing, I have a reading here from environmental educator and writer David Sobel from his excellent book entitled uh, titled Wild Play. <clears throat> Another parent said to me, they've lost the ability to play outdoors. Haven't you heard some parents speak this way and doesn't it make you sad? Not just sad in a nostalgic, good old days way, but because you sense that a child's life without wild play is diminished. The glad animal play of childhood the complete immersive quality <clears throat> is one of the elixirs of life and also one of the indispensable proteins that build a sturdy adult soul. Middle childhood offers a window of opportunity to have these experiences, and if a child misses that opportunity, the quality of immersion is less accessible later in life. When as adults we sink into a novel or get lost in creative work or tussle with new ideas or improvise on the job, we are using skills that were roughed in during childhood play. Recalling the powerful moments of childhood, we think of being perched high in the top of a swaying tree, the swooping chase down an alleyway, being tumbled in a wave. Will our children think back as fondly or as productively on playing video games? We choose to preserve outdoor play because it feeds the soul, trains the mind, and gives children the kind of drenching good night's sleep that means they spent the day fully alive. When you shake hands with the world, the world shakes back. So it's my personal hope that at camp we will shake hands with the world by giving children time to play freely in a supportive environment without fear, where we can grow slowly with many questions asked and only some of them answered. So if you have any questions about Peace in Nature Camp, I will be in the foyer after church. And at this time, I'd like to introduce my daughter, Maya Kirkwood, who is going to share what Peace in Nature Camp has meant to her. Thank you very much. I've had the opportunity to go to Peace in Nature Camp for the last seven years. It's been great for me and I look forward to it every year. It's a judgment-free zone that helps kids to feel comfortable and have, ready to have fun. We play a lot of games and spend time exploring in the woods and fields around church. We are rarely ever inside. After a hot and rowdy game of predator-prey, I loved going on the slip and slide to cool off and see how far that I could slide. 
Each day we sang songs and so, songs together, and at the end of the week we perform for friends and family. You get to make your own tie-dye shirt, too. One full day is spent exploring at the Kalamazoo Nature Center. If you're lucky, you'll get to hike back to the source pond where there are always snapping turtles, snakes, and frogs. The source pond is a great place to relax and watch the clouds go by. We have snacks, and sometimes you get to make the snack for the group. Every day at Morning Circle, we look at the seven principles of camp and remind ourselves how to live in peace with each other and the world. Now that I am no longer a camper, I'm looking forward to helping as a junior counselor in the future. I could never explain all that it has meant to me, but I loved going to Peace in Nature Camp. It's helped me learn about myself, my friends, and the natural world. Thank you. And now, back to our story of Hare and Monkey. As you will recall, uh, Hare had just built a wonderful new house, and everyone had come to admire it in the forest. Everyone, that is, except Monkey. Oh, I had that backwards. See? All right, so you know the story better than I know. So the next day, Monkey, who was insulted by Hare's not coming to the forest, went to him and angrily demanded to know why he hadn't come to admire the brand new hut. The truth was, Hare had forgotten all about Monkey's feast and had been sidetracked by a patch of particularly juicy berries on the other side of the mountain. It was only when he had returned home that he remembered the event. But Hare was embarrassed to admit this and thoughtlessly tried to bluster his way out of Monkey's confrontation. <laughs> Grand new hut? Bah! I can make a hut much better than yours in half the time. And as for your feast, why would I go there and be bored? I could make a feast that would make everyone forget about yours. Now, Monkey's feelings were hurt by Hare's words, but she didn't say so. Part of her wanted to be tough and give Hare a hard time, so Monkey stepped back with a smug smile. A new hut in half the time? I don't think so. It took me a full moon to build and decorate my hut. And how could you give a feast better than mine? You don't even have opposable thumbs. If a challenge is what you want, a challenge you shall have. I dare you to build a better hut than mine in, in half a moon. And afterwards, your feast had better be a good one. If you fail to do either of these things, perhaps my winter robe will be made of hair skin. <gasps> well... Monkey left, feeling terrible about the mean things she had said to Hare, and still hurt that Hare hadn't come to her celebration of her new hut. She wondered how Hare would be able to build his hut. She didn't want a winter robe of hair skin. She went back to a grand new hut, feeling a little uneasy and very lonely. Oh, but Hare had taken Monkey's threat to heart. Worried, Hare scratched his head and said to himself, uh, you've really done it this time, Hare. Why couldn't you have just kept your big mouth shut? And why didn't you go to Monkey's big party to celebrate her hut? You probably just... I was just jealous. But now after the things I've said, I'm in a huge pickle. And Hare sat down to think about what on earth he was going to do. Spirit of the baobab trees and the butterflies, 
spirit that blows down from the mountain and burns up through the fire. We give thanks for the people in this sanctuary. They have strong arms to hold us when we need a hug. They have a steady presence when our lives are shaking. They remind us to be wise with our words, generous with our actions, and thankful for the gifts in our lives. May we each become the person we want to be. And in so doing, may we be a loving people and become a, who becomes the congregation we want to become. I now invite you to sing with me again our, our song for meditation. Daryl will lead us and that will take us into a time of silence. still stumbled and he was stumped as how to get out of his predicament. He had half a moon to build a more beautiful hut than monkeys. He was not strong enough to build a hut by himself. He didn't have enough ginger root stored up to trade others for their labor. What could he do? Hey, psst, here. why don't you ask them? Ask them what, what you could do. All right, guys. I don't want to be turned into a winter coat. You got to help me. What should I do? Apologize. I could apologize. Ask for help. I could ask for help. Get out of Dodge. I, I could do that, yeah. Sorry? I could steal Monkey's Hut. What else could I do? I can dig a hole. It would be nice if they accepted me again. I don't have any friends. 
Well, now I'll tell you what actually happened. Suddenly, Herod jumped up in the air and ran to all the other huts scattered across the land to ask everyone to come and help him. To get them to come, he promised them two marvelous unheard of gifts and a wonderful feast when the work was all finished. And all they had to do was to come live near him and to help him for half a moon. The others arrived, one family at a time, and Herod was flooded with gratitude. He thanked them and showed them where to set up their huts. When everyone had arrived, they set to work. Now, Herod did something smart. He talked to each person to find out what each did best. The best workers worked on the wood, and they, they cut down the trees, they straightened the poles. The best painters painted the walls. The best artists decorated them. And all the others began to prepare the food that was going to be the great feast. All the helpers were so busy that they didn't quite notice that Hare had managed to get everyone else to do his work. That is, he wasn't straightening or setting poles. He wasn't painting. He wasn't even preparing food for the feast. He had planned to visit that lovely berry patch to pick enough berries, but uh, maybe not right now. Instead, Hare was doing something completely different. He carefully searched around the woods for the biggest hollow log he could find, and he found a couple of sticks. Then he spent an entire half a moon carving out the log. What could he be planning? And let us sing in response again. I'm Alan Hunt from the uh, Stewardship Committee, and I'm here to give you a partial update and introduce these fine people. As of uh, about five minutes before service began, we had 138 pledges in hand uh, for $244,000. That's the good news. The bad news, that's only three-quarters of the way to our goal. So we will be making calls this next week. And if anyone in this room has not turned in a pledge, see me after the service or stop at our little table right by the exit, and we can fix you up because we need your help. And by the way, thanks to all who have pledged. And get your sticker, Stronger Together. That was, Stronger Together was the theme of this campaign, and we are stronger together. Now it's my pleasure to introduce one of People's Church's three generations families. Maybe it's the only one, I'm not sure. So we have Mark and Denise, Zoe and Steve, and Hayden and Harlow. Good morning. I came to People's in September of 1975. I had never heard of a Unitarian church prior to 
coming to a single group that was meeting here beginning of September. After a couple of Friday nights here, I discovered that all the people that I liked best in this organ that organization were members of this church. Being a single adult, I thought, well, okay, there's got to be something interesting about this church. So I came on a Sunday, and to make a long story short, I was hooked. I couldn't believe that there was a place like this that I hadn't heard of. Uh, this, for me, has become home. I met Denise here. She went also to Interaction. And as the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> uh, I've pledged generously for all of the intervening 40 years. I'm Denise Vallette. Um, my father's family was Catholic and my mother's family was Methodist, so I was exposed to both of those growing up. I was also visit visitor at many of my friends' churches. I came, as Mark said, to interaction, and then I began attending people's, and I felt like I was at home. Uh, we raised our family here, and I'm very pleased that they've been so comfortable here that they have both sought out Unitarian churches as adults. I'm Zoe Vallette. I grew up in this church, attending RE classes here, hiking in the woods out back, playing hide-and-seek here during sleepovers. I grew up a UU kid, defending my atheist beliefs at school and going to youth cons where I didn't have to defend anything. This church has informed who I am, and the people here have been witnesses to my life. As an adult, I met my husband here. <laughs> and, as you can see, uh, we eventually got married in the Memorial Garden, and now we have some kids that are growing up in this church. My hope for the future as part of this church is that we continue to grow, adapt, and learn. As always, stronger together. And this is our story, and certainly each of you have your own story as well. And so if you haven't pledged yet, please fill out your pledge form either online or, or on paper today and think about uh, how People's Church is part of your story, and please give generously. Thank you. Now, by the end of the half moon, Monkey was wondering what she would find when she went to find Hare and his new hut. She had concluded she would encounter Hare in a mess under construction with no hut to show off at all. It's not that she wanted Hare to fail, she just couldn't possibly imagine how he would meet her challenge. As Monkey rounded the bend in the river, she was amazed to see something. Not at all what she had expected. <laughs> Hare had a new hut. There it was, looking very much like monkeys. Hmm, not bad, Hare. But just tell me, how is this better than my hut? Just look around, and you'll see. As Monkey looked around, she realized that Hare's hut was not alone. Arrayed around his hut were more huts, arranged in a circle, all facing east to the rising sun. Uh, they were the huts of those who had come to help Hare, and who had stayed. 
There they were, going about their business, laughing, talking, and helping one another. My hut is better than your hut because everyone made it. And what's even better is that now that we all live around each other, we can continue to have fun together. The others who heard all of this looked around and realized that it really was pretty sweet to live together. They could share in tasks, each doing what they were best at. They could help one another. Knowing one another also meant that they could trust and care for each other. They didn't have to live scattered apart from each other and be lonely. They could be a community. And that was Hare's first gift, which he had promised, the gift of a village. Hmm. Well, you also promised a feast better than mine. And now join me in our next sung response. for what binds us. Strong forces, weak forces. Look around, you can see them. The skin that forms in a half-empty cup. Nails rusting to the places they join. Joints dovetailed on their own weight. The way things stay so solidly, wherever they've been set down. And gravity, scientists say, is weak. And see how the flesh grows back across a wound with great vehemence, more strong than the simple, untested surface before. There's a name for it on horses. When it comes back darker and raised, proud flesh. As all flesh is proud of its wounds, wears them as honors given out after battle, small triumphs pinned to the chest. And how, when two people have loved each other, see how it is like a scar between their bodies, stronger, darker, and proud. How the black cord makes them a, of them a single fabric that nothing can tear or mend. Last Sunday, in addition to making the beautiful artwork on the walls over there, we asked our children some questions. How does being part of the People's Church community make you a better person? How do we make each other stronger at People's Church? What do you love about being part of this church? The children and youth were asked last Sunday, and I shared this question on social media during the week. Here are some of your answers in your own words. You said we are stronger because we can be authentic here. I like that I get to wear whatever I want to church. 
I can be weird at people's church if I want. I can't at other places. Here we are relieved of all the hassles and stress that school creates. Being part of people's church makes us better people because we create unity through support and the ability to be open with one another. I don't get judged here. I love that this is a community of difference that embraces that uniqueness. You said we are stronger because of the relationships we form with one another and the support we offer each other. Here, we make new friends. I love being part of People's Church because the people are kind. I like being at People's Church because my babysitter is here. Here, I can communicate with people my own age outside of school. I like seeing all of the friendly faces and the sense of community. I like everyone here. The support we give each other makes us better by creating community. When you're down, you have friends to help you. You get help here if you are having trouble. When I feel knocked down, there are people here to support me. I love that this church is a family and that I feel genuinely loved and cared about. The church in many ways has been my partner and second parent in raising my son. It has been a home for us both. I know people's people will be there whatever next happens in my life. You said we are stronger because of what we learn and experience here and how it helps us be in the world. We love being part of People's Church because we learn about many different religions. Learning about other religions helps us relate to other people. People's Church has shaped so many of my daughter's attitudes and beliefs, and it has filled them with a terrific amount of knowledge about other religions, sexuality, and social justice issues. We feel both affirmed and challenged at the same time, which supports our continued growth. So many of people's people have encouraged me to learn and grow and challenge myself emotionally and spiritually. For me, the strength and beauty of people's church is woven from a special yarn that supports my desire to be the change I'd like to see in the world. It's one-third aspiration, keeping a vision and intention of beloved community before me as I live, share, and work in the world. It's one-third inspiration, the impact of Sunday services, Chalice Circle, and all of our collaborative efforts on behalf of our church and the wider community. And finally, perspiration, how all of these connections work together to call me forward, requiring my participation, showing up in my perfect imperfection, contributing and then celebrating the fruits of our collective labor and spiritual growth. You said we are stronger when we serve the church and the world. I like teaching religious education and welcoming people. People's Church helps us find our talents. It's a place where we feel comfortable and welcomed and it inspires us to be better people and give back what we so richly receive in this community. And of course, you said we are stronger because what we eat and drink here is delicious. <laughs> I like having hot chocolate here. I like having lunch here. I like second Sunday lunch. There is no potluck like a people's church potluck. 
And finally, the coffee makes our day. So may we continue to make each other strong. May it continue long. Now I'm going to lead you in a responsive reading. I don't know, are the, yeah, okay. I'll read what's in white and then you guys respond with what's in yellow. We need one another when we mourn and would be comforted. We need one another when we are in trouble and afraid. We need one another when we are in despair, in temptation, and need to be recalled to our, better, to our best selves again. We need one another when we would accomplish our great purpose and cannot do it alone. We need one another in the hour of success when we look for someone to share our triumphs. We need one another in the hour of peace when the encouragement might endure. We need one another when we come to die and would have gentle hands prepare us for the journey. All our lives we are in need and others are in need of us. That's from George E. Odell. So one of the ways that we continue to keep our community strong so it can be there for us in good times and in bad is through our generosity. With our time, our talents, as we've seen so many talents on display this morning, and with our money. So this is the portion of the service where we invite you to give generously. Please carry the work of this church into the future. The offering will now be received.
saw that Hare had indeed built a better hut than hers, she lost her smile. Secretly, she was relieved she wouldn't have to follow through on the mean words about the winter robe made of Hare's skin. She was impressed by the village that had emerged out of his work and a little envious. She didn't know whether there would be room for her in this village. And she realized that no matter how grand her hut was, it would be pretty lonely to return to at the end of the day. Still confused about her feelings, Monkey just said, Hmm. Well, you also promised a feast better than mine. At the mention of food, everyone ran to get the food and drink that they had prepared. And there was, they were so full of joy, they broke into song. And now I invite the children forward again to lead us in song. And again, they're going to sing the first verse for us, and then I invite everyone to stand and sing the remaining verses.
there was lots and lots of food for Herr and his community to feast on. And because no one had to do it all, each could contribute what she or he cooked best. So the feast had everyone's favorite food, and that made everybody happy, which of course let the storytellers relax and tell their best stories. As the village ate, they offered some food to Monkey. She was surprised at first, but then began to relax when she saw that the others just wanted to make her feel welcome, and they wanted to share with her. And so, Monkey stayed with the new village, and the sun dropped from high in the sky to just below the treetops. That's how long the gathering lingered over stories and fine food. Suddenly, Hare remembered that he had forgotten to bring out his second promised gift to the village. He slipped away, and he came out of his new hut, dragging his hollow log. My friends and companions, there's no way for me to be able to thank Microphone. you enough. There's no way for me to be able to thank you enough. But thank you anyways for all your help in building this hut and helping me prepare this wonderful feast. But we've got to make this the best feast ever. So I give you all my second gift. With that, Hare picked up his hollow log and sticks and began to tap on the log with them. At first, he beat a simple rhythm. Then he warmed up to more and more complex rhythms. Soon the listeners began to twitch with the rhythm and sway and move. Others found logs, empty bow-bow pods, and joined in Hare's rhythms. Suddenly, Monkey realized that she was being included in this new community, where there was no question that she belonged there. Filled with happiness, she jumped up and began to swing her body and move in a circle around the fire. And before long, everybody joined her. They danced to the rhythm of the drum that Hare had invented and given to them, and the music arose from the rhythm. So we can't let them have a dance party just by themselves. So I think we need to have a singing and dancing party on our final hymn. So I invite you to rise in spirit or in body. We have some shakers. We have some instruments. Let's go.
So let us go out. Let us go out in joy and strength, in peace, and in love. So be it.